What made America great was freedom. Without freedom, America is no different from communist countries. When people are afraid to speak freely in public, we have tyranny. This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. This is Issues in Education. In communist countries like China, Russia, Cuba, people are afraid of their government. But when the government fears the people, there's freedom. When people fear their government, there's tyranny. The Nazi Gestapo and the KGB would come in the middle of the night and take people out of their homes to disappear into prisons and concentration camps, never to be seen again. In this country, we're seeing the beginnings of a tyrannical government, but our weapons are not bullets, but ballots. Not bullets, but ballots. We can defeat the approaching repressive regime by voting and voting biblically. That's right. The Justice Department and FBI and IRS are being used by a Marxist Democrat party to stifle any opposition. Recently, a pro-life leader, Mark Houck, had his home invaded by 20 to 30 armed FBI agents in the early morning hours of September 19th. FBI agents pointed automatic weapons at Mark Houck and his wife in front of their seven children. Houck is not a terrorist, not a criminal, not a violent man. But he was raided to bring fear to him and all the political opponents of the Biden regime. Marxists use fear and intimidation to control the populace. Fox TV host Tucker Carlson does an excellent job describing the raid on Houck's home and the FBI agents who are speaking out to warn us what's happening to our country under this Marxist Democrat president and his Justice Department that controls the FBI. Here's Tucker Carlson. The longtime FBI agent and SWAT team veteran called Steve Friend came forward to blow the whistle on what he has seen happen to the FBI under Joe Biden. And what he said was shocking. According to Agent Friend, Biden's FBI routinely uses heavily armed SWAT teams to raid the homes of American citizens who dare to criticize the administration. These are people who pose no danger to anyone. These are people who haven't even been accused, much less convicted, of a violent crime. So the point is not to bring justice. The point is to terrify and intimidate Joe Biden's political opponents. Hard to believe that's happening, but it is. Well, on September 19th, the FBI suspended Agent Steve Friend for daring to reveal what was happening, these abuses. Now, it's illegal under federal law to punish whistleblowers, but the FBI did it anyway. And then, four days later, with Friend out of the way, on the morning of September 23rd, a team of nearly 30 FBI agents bristling with automatic weapons raided the home of yet another harmless man with no criminal record. That man's name was Mark Houck. Houck is 47. FBI agents pointed rifles at Houck and his wife in front of their seven children. Once again, to be clear, Houck is not a terrorist. He's never been accused of terrorism. He is instead a pro-lifer. Houck founded an organization called the King's Men. It's a pro-life group that encourages men to be leaders in their communities. Now, to give you a sense of who Houck is, we want to play this for you. Here he is describing the experience he had earlier this year praying outside an abortion clinic with his son. A woman came out who had an abortion. We offered her some post-abortion healing. She said, we'll pray for you. And as we were praying, I said, come on, let's kneel down. We're, we're going to do this and we're going to leave. She started attacking us personally. While we were praying, I said, son, this is what the Lord's talking about. When he said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. They persecuted me, they're going to persecute. I whispered this to him as she was spewing all this vulgarity onto him and me. Pro-life leader Mark Houck peacefully praying on the sidewalk 
in front of an abortuary that slaughters babies inside their mothers. But on another occasion, a year ago, Mark Houck was outside another abortuary in Pennsylvania. He was with his 12-year-old son. An abortion clinic escort went up to Mark Houck's 12-year-old boy and began cursing at him and harassing the boy. To defend his son, Houck pushed the man away. Here's Tucker Carlson. In October of last year, Houck was standing outside another abortion clinic in Pennsylvania. He was joined again by his 12-year-old son. That's when a man approached and began harassing the boy. So to defend his son, Houck pushed the extremist back. That was it. Local police looked into it. The district attorney's office looked into it. Nobody pressed charges against Mark Houck because it's not assault to protect your son from an extremist who's attacking him. But the Biden Justice Department decided to revise this view, and they charged Mark Houck with a federal crime, a felony, obstructing abortion access. There was no evidence that he had obstructed abortion access, but that's what they charged him with. Now, Houck learned about three months ago that the DOJ planned to charge him, and he offered to turn himself in voluntarily. That's what a civilized country allows. But that wasn't good enough for Merrick Garland's DOJ. They wanted to punish him and terrify his family, to send the right message to anyone who would dare get in the way of the Biden agenda. So the DOJ sent a team of federal agents with rifles to Houck's home. He now faces 11 years in prison for protecting his son. And to confirm it, we are joined now by Mark Houck's wife, Ryan Marie Houck. She was there when the FBI raided her home and took her husband away. Mrs. Houck, thanks so much. What was this experience like? How many FBI agents with guns would you estimate showed up at your house? 20, 25, 30. We have a large property. My entire front yard, you could barely see it. It was covered with at least 15 big trucks and cars. And there were 20, 25, 30 men, women, completely in jackets with shields and helmets and guns. And they were behind cars. It was, I mean, something I never would expect to see on my front lawn. It was crazy. I mean, maybe in China or Venezuela. Peter Breen is your attorney. Have you ever seen anything like this ever in this country? Not at all. This is reckless and outrageous. It put the Hauk family in unnecessary danger. We've offered to bring him in. Didn't get a response. Even if you're going to arrest a regular person, you just send a couple agents, they knock on the door. Not dragging the head of the family out, violating the sanctity of the home, pointing guns at them. This was outrageous and uncalled for. Local authorities had assessed the altercation between Mr. Hauk and the extremist who attacked his son and decided not to press charges against anyone. Is that correct? The Philadelphia DA refused to press charges. And he's not a friend of pro-life. He's a Soros uh, ally. Then the alleged victim filed a private criminal complaint, which eventually the local courts threw out because the guy couldn't be bothered to show up for the hearings. So the local court system, which is where if there were a crime committed on that sidewalk, would have dealt with it, they said no. And so that is where this matter should have ended. This was not a federal crime. We have controlling case law on that, strong defenses. But instead, they've taken an innocent man and made an example out of him, presumably to send a message to pro-life people and people of faith across this country. It's a terrifying attack on civil liberties and on human rights. These are people who pose no danger to anyone. These are people who haven't even been accused, much less convicted, of a violent crime. So the point is not to bring justice. The point is to terrify and intimidate Joe Biden's political opponent. The point is to terrify Biden's political opponents. Agents with Kevlar helmets, bulletproof vests, shields, 
pointing automatic weapons at Hauk and his wife. For what? Were they anarchists? Were they terrorists? No, they were peaceful people who were pro-life Christians. They weren't federal criminals. This is not an isolated example. President Joe Biden, the most powerful man on earth controlling the American military and all the branches of the federal government, including the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, and now 87,000 new armed IRS agents to intimidate, harass, and jail enemies of the state. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. And that is a threat to this country. Joe Biden said that Trump and his supporters, who he calls MAGA Republicans, that is, make America great again, Republicans, are an extremist threat to the very foundations of our nation. MAGA Republicans fan the flames of political violence. What fans the flames of political violence more than labeling half the country enemies of the republic? He's encouraging half of the population to see the other half as traitors. And then he says he's for unity. What hypocrisy. Biden is a clear and present danger to our nation. And he uses threats like suggesting that any conservative uprising would be dealt with, just as he said, if you want to go against his radical regime, you'd better know he commands the Air Force. It'd be like using a pistol against an F-15. For those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America is independent and safe. If you want to fight against a country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale that's used to provide this. No, Biden is not joking. The commander-in-chief is not joking. It's a clear threat that he will use the military. Dan Bongino is a conservative talk show host and author. Dan Bongino served as a Secret Service agent for 10 years. The man is dangerous for a number of reasons. He is inciting violence against Republicans and conservatives and Trump supporters. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's calling you a threat to the republic. His words, not mine. The guy's turning into a dictator right in front of your eyes. If we're not there already, you are a threat to the republic. He uses his words very carefully. It's not an accident. This was not an extemporaneous speech off the cuff. These words were written and vetted through multiple people in the White House and were put in there very purposefully. The only way you handle threats to the republic is imprisonment or death. Can you imagine a more perilous situation than the commander in chief in charge of our military, our DOJ, our FBI, Talking like this to 45 to 50 percent of America. Listen to this disgrace. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. And that is a threat to this country. Biden is in charge of our military, our DOJ, our FBI. We have Merrick Garland, the most disgraceful, weak human being to ever be the attorney general of the United States. The guy's a disgrace. The attorney general, Merrick Garland, is the one who called the FBI to monitor parents at school board meetings. And if the parents stood up and talked too strongly to protect their children, Garland would call them domestic terrorists. And the FBI would pay them a little visit at their home. Dan Bongino says he did not retire from the Secret Service, but he resigned to get away from what he saw in the Obama administration and what they were doing to this country. He says there are thousands of others who are leaving their jobs because they don't want to be part of what's taking America down. I did not retire from the Secret Service. It is sometimes falsely reported that way. I resigned. There is a big difference, an enormous difference. I left my pension, my health care, every single piece of financial security on the table to get away from what I thought 
was the downfall of America with the Obama administration. I am not the only one. I'm not even close. I'm not even close. There are thousands more. Courageous FBI agents didn't become agents to monitor school board meetings and spy on parents. Nobody I know signed up to investigate parents who vented at school board meetings. That's not what they signed up for. Sadly, all too many are just collecting the paycheck and don't want to speak out. But they're also more speaking out. They're getting ready for a big change. And there's going to be a big change in this country, hopefully in November. Things will change in November's election. We will either see a change in congressional leadership or we'll see an empowered Democrat Marxist party go after MAGA Republicans with a vengeance. Dan Bongino says this is no accident. Folks, things are going to get worse if you don't remove these people. They're not only going to get worse, they're going to get a lot worse. Because I don't want you to believe that any of this is by accident. Simple coincidence that the FBI is targeting conservatives. Some rookie agent just accidentally pulled out one pro-life case and one pro-MAGA case. That's not what's happening. The liberal Democrats, which own the entertainment community, academia, the activist groups, the money, and politics are now pushing the FBI, who loves being their enforcer in the DOJ. They are now pushing them to treat us like enemies of the state. It is not an accident. Trust me, it's not an accident. Here are very prominent Democrats. This former mayor of Atlanta, now Biden administration official, Keisha Bottoms. Here she is on a lefty network, basically coming out and saying it. They believe we're bad people with ideas. They want us gone and we'll use the FBI to do it. Listen for yourself. What we see again with this MAGA Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. So whether it be through November and beyond November, I think it will always be important to call out any effort there is to destroy, essentially destroy the United States of America. This is the former mayor of Atlanta. She now works in the Biden administration. This is some fringe official. We want to destroy the United States of America. Again, this is not some fringe lunatic writing for the Daily Beast. This is a Biden administration official who has all the capabilities of pushing government officials with guns and badges to weaponize those guns and badges to go after you. You're an enemy of the state. Oh, Dan, you're being hyperbolic. She just said it. Did you miss it? What's more disturbing, she knows that the FBI is doing what they're doing. We as conservatives believe in God-given rights for everyone. We cannot, as a matter of morality weaponized law enforcement to target political enemies it is antithetical to our very ideological existence we're no longer conservatives when we do that liberals don't think of the world the same way their currency is fear and power not morality may say well dan that's just a limited example really here's hillary clinton the democrat nominee for president 2016 and probably one of the two or three most powerful democrats in the country right now with biden and barack obama Here's Hillary Clinton dialing it up, making Nazi comparisons. You know, Nazis who exterminated millions of people because of their religion. Yeah. Comparing a MAGA rally to Nazis. Take a listen. How did people get drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? And I'd watch newsreels and I'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people shouting and raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for more than an hour, and you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> it's a Nazi rally? If you are a liberal, you are a liberal because you believe in the pure, unadulterated weaponization of power. It's the only way to implement top-down government, which is what you want. The fact that totalitarian government involves treating people unequally, conservatives one way and liberals another way, does not bother them one bit. 
Liberalism has become an ideology of death and power. It has become a death cult. The examples are everywhere. So Nancy Mace is a Republican congresswoman out of South Carolina. She was on with Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd asks her about these priorities if the Republicans were to take the House. If this isn't a reason to vote in November, I don't know what is. She says that there's some rumblings in the Republican caucus about a Biden impeachment. I say yes. That sounds awesome to me, depending on what happens in the Senate. If we lose the Senate, it doesn't make much sense. But still, an impeachment? Let's do it. Here, check this out. Do you expect an impeachment vote against President Biden if Republicans take over the House? I believe there's a lot of pressure on Republicans to have that vote, something that some folks are considering. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. If we can impeach a president over a phone call, the transcript, by the way, in Ukraine, which completely contradicts what you said were in the impeachment charges, and you can impeach a president for a role in a uh, what you called a riot, despite him demanding people march peacefully and patriotically, then uh, we can definitely impeach Biden for the border, Afghanistan, new rules. You need more of a reason to vote? There's one right there. Impeaching Biden. It's totally overdue. But that leaves the Vice President Kamala Harris as president, commander-in-chief. She doesn't know the difference between our enemies and our allies. The United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. It is an alliance that is strong and enduring. The U.S. shares a strong and enduring alliance with North Korea. Are you an insane person? The United States has never shared an alliance with the mad, murderous communists of North Korea. Unlike her boss, Xi Kamala can't claim advanced old age as a defence. She said that we have a strong alliance with North Korea. This was not a simple mistake, but shows her complete ignorance. In fact, North Korea fired its fourth ballistic missile in one week after seeing Vice President Kamala make her absurd comment. They're watching her. Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, is pathetic. He sends his FBI agents after conservative parents at school board meetings. Senator Josh Hawley challenged Attorney General Garland in a Senate committee hearing, calling Garland out for targeting parents for 13 federal crimes, including parents making annoying phone calls to school board members. Attorney General Garland, on October 4th, you issued an unprecedented memo that involves the Department of Justice and the FBI and local school districts, local school boards, nothing like it in our country's history. But now, of course, we've seen the memo from your own Justice Department advising state and local and other prosecutors about all of the different federal causes of action that they can bring against parents that are not about violence. They're about harassment and intimidation. I'm looking here at this memo. It identifies no fewer than 13 possible federal crimes involving harassment and intimidation, including making annoying phone calls. Do you think a parent who makes a phone call to a school board member that she has elected, that that school board member deems annoying, should be prosecuted, General Garland? No, I don't. And the Supreme Court has made quite clear that the prosecutors who investigate these cases know the Supreme Court's... Prosecutors do, but but parents don't, General Garland. Do Do you think that a parent who looks at the 13 different federal crimes that your Justice Department has identified they might be subject to and prosecuted for, like making annoying phone calls, do you think that they're going to feel that they're welcome to speak up at a school board meeting? How about this one? They could be prosecuted for using the Internet in a way that might cause emotional distress. 
to a victim. Is that a, is that a crime of violence? Senator, I haven't seen the memo that you're Why haven't about. you? Even from the description, it doesn't sound like it was addressed to parents. No, it wasn't addressed to parents. It was addressed to prosecutors. That's the problem. Why haven't you seen the memo? I don't know why I haven't. I don't look at every... I, have, I do not get every memo that every U.S. attorney sends out. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, don't, I just want to be sure I understand this. This is a memorandum that collects 13 different federal crimes parents could be charged with. It has United States Department of Justice on the top of it. And you're telling me you haven't seen it? Who's the memo from, Senator? United States Attorney for the District of Montana. I have not seen a memo from the District of Montana. Not high enough priority for you? That's not the question. I don't... It is the question. Answer my question. Is it not a high enough priority for you when you're threatening parents with 13 different federal crimes. These aren't crimes of violence. You've testified today. You're focused on violence. That's not what your U.S. attorneys, they work for you. That's not what they're saying. You haven't seen it because it's not a high enough priority or what? Question of priority. No one has sent me that memo, so I haven't seen it. What do you mean no one has sent you the memo? You run the United States Department of Justice, do you not? There are 115,000 employees of the Department of Justice. Indeed, and you are in charge of every one of them. And And this was a sufficiently important case that you issued a memo. You, over your signature, issued a memo involving the FBI and the Department of Justice in local school boards, local school districts. Your U.S. attorneys are now threatening prosecution with 13 different crimes, but it's not a high enough priority for you. It got lost in the mix. I've never seen that memo. It wasn't That's what concerns me. me, General Garland. I hope you will assure your constituents that what we are concerned about here is violence and threats of violence. That only leads that's me to conclude, way, General Garland, all I can conclude from this is either that you're not in control of your own department or that more likely what I think to be the case is that you knew full well that this is exactly the kind of thing that would happen. When you issued your memo, when you involved the Department of Justice and all of its resources and the FBI and all of its resources in local school boards and local school districts, you knew that federal prosecutors would start collecting crimes that they could use against parents. You knew they would advise state and local officials that these are all of the ways parents might be prosecuted. You knew that that was the likely outcome. And that's exactly what's happened. And we're talking about parents like Scott Smith. This is a father from Loudoun County, Virginia. Here he is at a school board meeting. He was forcibly restrained. He was assaulted. He was arrested. Why? Because he went to an elected school board meeting to raise the fact that his daughter was assaulted, sexually assaulted, in a girl's restroom by a boy. This is what happened to him. Now, you testified last week before the House that you didn't know anything about this case. I find that extraordinary because the letter that you put so much weight on, the letter that's now been retracted, it cites this case. It cites Mr. Scott's case directly in the letter, but you testified you just couldn't remember it. Maybe this will refresh your memory. Do you think people like Scott Smith, do you think parents who show up to complain about their children being assaulted ought to be treated like this man? Do you think that they ought to be prosecuted in the different ways that your U.S. attorneys are identifying? Let me ask you about this. Several of my Democrat colleagues have today, just today in this hearing, multiple times have compared parents who show up at school board meetings, like Mr. Smith here, have compared them to criminal rioters. I'll leave it at this, General Garland. You have weaponize the FBI and the Department of Justice. Your U.S. attorneys are now collecting and cataloging all the ways that they might prosecute parents because they want to be involved in their children's education and they want to have a say in their elected officials. It's wrong. It is unprecedented, to my knowledge, in the history of this country. And I call on you to resign. Senator Josh Hawley is absolutely right for calling the head of the Justice Department, Attorney General Garland, to resign in disgrace. 
But Attorney General Garland is simply following Biden's orders. Otherwise, Biden would have replaced him. Nazi Germany didn't start out with the gas chambers. It started when one political party controlled the media and the government and the military. Hitler was elected by the German people. And they turned a blind eye to him when he could have been stopped. It's happening here with the Marxist Democrat Party controlling the media, the Senate, and Congress. All three branches of government. The Democrats have absolute power over the military and all the federal bureaucracy, all the agencies of the federal government. Our hope is in the Lord, but we reap what we sow. And that's why it's critical that you go to the polls November 8th, that you walk precincts, that you help others to vote, to stop this spirit of Antichrist, replace our precious God-given freedoms. We fervently hope and pray for the sake of our children and grandchildren and the millions of others that this country will be turned around by this upcoming election. Amen. May God help us if it's not. If you would like a CD copy of today's program, please ask for number 1804, Freedom is on the Ballot, Part 1. That's number 1804, Freedom is on the Ballot, Part 1. The CD also includes next week's program, Part 2. You can order a CD copy of this program from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. Please give us a call at 928-776-0000. That's 928-776-0000. From 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. For Issues in Education, This has been Bob and Jerry Boyd.